Today's episode is brought to you by Path 11 TV, inspiring entertainment for the spiritually curious. With a Path 11 TV membership, you get instant access to over 100 hours of exclusive video content that explores consciousness, healing, and life after death. Also with the Path 11 TV membership, you can attend our monthly events and live streams free. In the past few months, we've already had medium readings with Drew Callie and Suzanne Northrup, along with a numerology session with Nicene Siegel and Chinese face readings with Marla Goldberg. Join us for our next event, July 21st, for another gallery reading, this time with medium Mark Schmidt. You can start your Path 11 TV membership for just $9.99 a month, or get two months free by getting an annual membership. Podcast listeners can save even more by using coupon code PODCAST30. This will take 30% off, making your first year only $70. That's only 20 cents a day. Don't hesitate, because this offer is only good for a limited time. All membership plans have a seven-day free trial. So start streaming with your membership to Path 11 TV today by visiting path11tv.com and start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with our exclusive library of inspiring entertainment. Now let's get to today's show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. I have one of my favorite guests with me today, Uh, such a favorite guest that I have invited her on now four times to the Path 11 podcast, and I think she holds the record for being the most frequent guest. So my guest today, and for those of you who have been following the Path 11 podcast for quite a while, you will remember her. Her name is Austin Wells. I'm going to give you the three... Uh, episodes that I already have with her. Episode 147, we brought her on and we talked about her book, Soul Conversations. We had a really interesting conversation. It was the first time I had met her and it was the first afterlife awareness conference that we were doing. So we had her on. Then we had her back on for episode 196, Divine Spark Cards were these cards that she had developed. Um, And so we had a lovely conversation there. And then we got together again when the pandemic hit, episode 249. And we were talking about how the pandemic was really upgrading the planet. Now, Austin is also a speaker again at the Afterlife Awareness Conference, which is coming up June 24th through the 27th. Tickets are on sale, afterlifeconference.com. I'm going to give you $40 off your general admission ticket with a coupon code of PATH40. And Austin is going to be doing on June 24th a spirit circle that does require a separate ticket, though. That's reservation uh, only. So that's a little bit separate from the conference itself. 3 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. And then on June 27th, she's doing another post-conference workshop called Soul Conversation. 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Now, if you have never heard of Austin Wells before, you are in a treat. You're, you're in for a treat. Here is a little bit about uh, her bio. She is a spiritual medium and a very talented one at that. That's a whole nother conversation because I did have a reading by her this past year. And she's also a soul gardener. So if you've never heard that term and you want to hear more in depth about that, you have to revisit the first episode, episode 147. But we will talk a little bit about what that is. And she empowers individuals to create soul-centered lives. She's a certified grief counselor, and she combines her intuition and mediumship with shamanism, energy medicine, and sacred ceremony. Now, we will uh, upload her full bio because it is very impressive, but I want to start talking to her in the show notes. Check it out. Austin, welcome back to the Path 11 Podcast. Thank you so much, April. I am so excited. I love our conversations. You know, I when, I, when I titled, when the, the book was titled Soul Conversations, there was a part of my my being that just went, yeah, because it's such a great, great title. But you and I have those kind of conversations. They're those shifting, deep, connective soul sister conversations. So, yay, I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. And I know, and, you know, we sometimes have like a little bit of an idea of what we're going to talk about. But I think what I love about you as a guest is that it really does feel like, you know, it's sister to sister. I'm in your living room. We're, you know, just chatting and having a really in-depth spiritual talk and it just flows and it's so natural. So I am thrilled to have you back. Um, so yeah, so let's talk a little bit because you are coming on as a featured guest on Path 11 TV, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And you're going to be talking about taking real action steps to bring about soul change. So I think we're going to kind of go into this topic a little bit of how our souls change often through all the experiences that we go through. And you had mentioned something before we actually hit record, you said, and we should be changed, right? We should constantly kind of be changing into a better version of ourselves. So last you and I talked, we were in the beginning stages of this pandemic and really trying to understand what was going on. And you were really explaining how you were feeling like this was an upgrading of the planet. But now as we're slowly coming out of it and things are returning a little bit back to what we remember, um, all of us are changed deeply. So uh, maybe we, we can even both just talk on a personal level of how we both changed during uh, this year. So um, what would you like to say about about that and how this pandemic has probably not only changed you, but changed people on a very deep soul level. As souls, we are physical and we are energy. And the truth of ourselves, that spiritual truth of ourselves is that the basis of us is a whole bunch of swimming molecules and, and atoms that are dancing in constant shift and change. Because we're part of a physical universe, we see things as stationary and we think that's the goal. So we have this thing called a home that we sit in and we think, oh, this is it, you know, I've arrived. But that's the mythology that surrounds us is the physical reality because it's, it's only stationary until it changes and it will. Everything that's physical changes. So I think we, we have to constantly be in conversation with ourselves and to remind ourselves that we are meant to constantly evolve and change. And 
change is something which was so fascinating about last year is that the entire planet was put in a global timeout almost like we got sent to the corner it's like okay think about your lives think about your choices what are you doing and we haven't had anything like that in any kind of history that I can recall. So that opportunity allowed people to really be with what they have chosen in their lives and what they've decided. And I notice so many external changes with people that I, uh, you could see changes in people's businesses. You could see people completely dropped off the planet. You can't even like, they, you don't even know where they are anymore. People make it extraordinary moves. They moved from, you know, where they were to another, an island someplace because they realized they could work remotely. So we should be different. We should be different. And to me, thank God. But the difference comes, the most profound spiritual changes happen when there's an internal aha and epiphany, when there's a moment that what is surrounding you no longer reflects the evolution of your soul and that something needs to alter and to have the courage to change is should be kind of a constant invitation. We fear is essentially an energy and we tend to lean out of it instead of dance with it. And anytime a person is in, encounters that level of personal change and transformation and that presentation of fear, you will be better served by seeing where it wants to take you. And that's where that trust is that happens when extraordinary change happens. So you're different for sure. I'm different. Yeah. And I would hope that we all are. Yeah. And this is such an important topic to talk about because I have seen, you know, so many people, I, I would say, including myself, uh, you know, maybe like more so 10, 15 years ago, I feel like when change comes up in my life, I kind of, you know, brace, I get like, Oh, here it is. And then I loosen the grip a little bit just because I've have had enough experience of going through enough change to realize everything that you're saying. It's like dance with it, flow with it, be open to it. What is it teaching you? But I've also seen so many people just tighten their grip even more. I mean, some of the clients that I had talked to that they would say that they are the most resistant to change. I hate change, April. You know, I, I can't stand change. And they were gripping and gripping and gripping through the whole process of the pandemic. And you know, part of my role was trying to help them like loosen their grip and take their fingers off of the bars and like, just breathe a little bit. Like, what is it teaching you? But I find that when people grip harder and resist it even more, they are bringing so much more anxiety to their life, frustration. And the fear is the biggest thing because they don't want to let go of the old way and they don't know how to be in the new way. If people have ever had the honor of being with someone when they die, there's the exact same presentation. I was having a spirited conversation with um, a hospice worker yesterday about this very topic. When a person that's in the dying process is in denial of the fact they're in the dying process, they will suffer exponentially more than the person who acknowledges the fact that they're in the dying process. And mind you, this is a huge acknowledgement to say, I am dying. But the person who can allow the experience, and, the, and this is, I think, when 
people in the metaphysics world start sounding very earthy, crunchy. But when we can really allow exactly where we are to be the only understanding that we are currently engaged with, then there's so much we can learn from what is happening. The challenge is we have two aspects of our soul. We have our finite self, which we can call our human being. So that's the spiritual essence of us distilling in a physical form. And that's the part of it that says, okay, well, I'm a human being. I'm doing this on my own. Um, I, I am going to die because everything around me dies and I'm led by my emotions and what I've done in the past informs everything I do going forward and I'm in control. That's the finite self. The infinite self is the part of us that has a foot in the invisible world that understands that we are a soul and a full soul. So there's a, an internal conversation that our soul is going to have. This is one of many experiences we're going to have and that we consciously choose the events of our life to not happen to us, which is the mythology of the finite self, but to happen for us, which is the truth of the infinite self. Now you can't be in your infinite self all the time and just, you know, walking on water and doing miracles. I mean, that's that's not a real way of being a, a human being. But we've also witnessed what happens when people are just their finite self and they're gripping and they're holding on because change brings fear. The idea of soul conversations is to allow both aspects of yourself to be in dialogue with each other and hopefully let the spiritual aspect of yourself to say, hmm, I wonder what we're learning from this moment. And then you have an engagement with the things that happen in your life. But that need to control is the finite self because we are afraid of change. And yet we're surrounded by this fantastic thing called nature which is constantly in evolution and change. No single day is the same. Right. So we, we, we have eyes to see, but we don't seem to look because we're not, we're not taking in the fact that what is around us is changing. So it's, it, it's absolutely scary, but scary, but fear is just a feeling. Yeah, and it I might be a little front loaded because of something that's happened to us before. But that's just our brain trying to go, oh, God, it's a new moment. I've got to be prepared. So it goes through the file of decks, you know, the, the, all your files of all the things that have happened before and pulls a file of something that looks somewhat similar to the moment that's happening. It goes, I have to, how did I react then? Oh, I had a scared face on. Okay, now I'm going to have a scared face to this moment. But that takes all the fun out of it because then essentially you're, a, you're acting like a robot in your life, repeating the way that you've performed before. So what was odd? Awesome about last year, and I suppose that's a really weird way of framing it, but what was great is nobody knew what to do last year because we hadn't seen anything like it. So people are flying through their files going, what looks similar to this moment? And they're like, crap, nothing does. Now what do I do? So it demanded that people probably henny penny it a little bit and like not know what the hell was going on. But then people started changing it a really fabulous way, which was they started enjoying the fact that the world was different and returning to value and returning to silence. And um, I had some girlfriends of mine and I went out to a restaurant in the last month and 
um, these people were, one guy was known to me, but the other people were brand new. So we were having a really fun time, but we went to a restaurant that had live music playing, a party, a huge party to the right, and then loud conversations all around us. None of us could focus because we had gotten so accustomed to a quiet world that we stepped into like the party was too loud and the music was weird and like nothing made sense and we couldn't focus. So my hope is we don't return to the world the same. I want us to be different. I want us to be. No, that's not fair. I want people to come out of what happened last year different whatever that difference is, and but to hopefully not forget it. Yeah. And not forget that they're, spending time with their loved ones is valuable. Telling people you love them is valuable. Slowing down and just enjoying the moment of your life and not doing as much as being is important. It's, it's, that's the value. That's the, the nectar. Yeah. And, and I think too, it's kind of like everyone has grown accustomed to a little bit of the slower pace. And now as things pick up a little bit, I kind of wonder, you know, it's so easy to then get back into the rat race, right? Like, will we really remember? Because like you said, it was like, at first this was so dramatic and everything's slowing down. And now people are like, liking it. Then you start to get a taste of it again and, you know, go back into, you know, live concerts or, you know, the restaurants. And I had that same exact experience too. I was like, oh my God, I forgot what it was like to be around so many people having so many loud conversations. And took me a while to get comfortable and, and used to again. But I think the key point here is that it's okay that we are different and that we're changing. Like I had a conversation with somebody who's, who had um, a parent that they, that had gotten COVID and they thought that they were going to die. And so the whole family was going through this grieving process. And, you know, this individual was going through this grieving process and really felt like he was going to lose his dad. And then his dad turned the corner, you know, and then he turned the corner again and thought he was going to lose him and then ended up living and coming home and surviving the whole COVID experience. But this individual was left with so much trauma from the whole event. And I remember him saying to me, I just want to I just want to feel normal again before this went down with my dad. And I said to him, it it just reminded me of like the combat vets that I worked with, you know, many years ago that when they went to war and they were on the front line and then they came back home, they were a changed person. Like you can't go back to who you were. These events do change you and that's okay. But there is this resistance that I see with people where I just want to feel normal again, or I just want to be who I was before this event happened. And I really try to challenge people to embrace the event, to say like, you can't go, if you've never been to a third world country and really see starvation, you can't go there and then come back to America and be the same person. You just can't, you know? And, and I think that's, these are more dramatic events and examples that I'm giving, but, um, just even the whole pandemic in itself. It's okay that we are not who we once were a year and a half ago. So how do you help people with this? How do you help people to really embrace that their soul is changing? And how do you get them to be this different version of themselves and to constantly model their environment around that version of themselves? It's 
Beautiful you asked that question because one of the gifts of last year was I started an online meditation every night for free because I wanted people to come to a place of mindfulness. And I thought, God, if I can just give them 20 minutes of internal awe where they're not worried about, you know, what's on, what's, what's outside of themselves and just turn in and listen differently. And what came out of it was um, a membership and a group of people that I've been working with, 44 people I've been working with for the last year. And we have done a deep dive into the soul. And it's not only changed, it's put everything that I teach together, but it's changed all of us because we've all now have great contrast to say, wow, the circumstances of the world are never going to change, but I'm changing how I'm dealing with the circumstances of the world. Am I re- I'm not reacting. I am being with. And that's the difference. The, the challenge that, that we face is we all have a map of what it's supposed to look like somewhere in our mentality. And we just think, oh, okay, well, when I'm this age, this is going to happen. And then this happens. And it's, it's almost as if we buy into a fairy tale and it can be based on what we witnessed our parents do or what we witnessed our parents do that we don't want to do um, or events in our life, or I never want that to happen, or I can't wait for that to happen. So the interesting part about having that strong of a mythology is that it's you're constantly waiting for an event to happen. And if it doesn't match it, you think something's wrong. So when you talk to people about what's off in their life, they'll there a lot of the dialogue is, well, I should be, and I, and I should be this, you like, or I should be thinner, or I should be more successful, or I should be making more money, or should be married by now. And all of those things relate back to a part of them that is not in alignment with what's actually happening in their life. And once people become aware of that, that they're they're there's like a they're stepping out of what is. <laughs> it's the simplest way of saying it. And that's okay. But then to understand why do you think you need to be in that place and what does happy look like for you? What is where are you happy? What's working for you? And then in that alignment of a connecting to the happiness or realizing the bigger epiphany that they're already happy but they're making themselves unhappy by focusing on this one thing that's not present. Mm -hmm. Then they start to have a different idea of success. And then as they explore their inner topography through meditation, through tools and techniques, then they become in partnership with themselves, not expecting themselves to be someplace else, but with allowing what is happening in their life to be not what's normal, because I hope we'd never want normal. I don't think any of us are normal. Um, and that's a compliment, you know. <laughs> but I think to allow ourselves to just be. And notice when you're thinking something else should be going on and asking yourself, why am I not letting what is right now be the best moment of my life? No matter what it is. Because you mentioned earlier about a gift, right? The finite self will think it's happening to us. Something's wrong. I'm out of alignment. It's not normal. It's not, I'm not. And then the emotions kick up in the nervous system. And then you've got a whole, you know, moment happening that takes you out of the moment. But the infinite self knows that it's a gift and that 
you're learning from the moment. So if you can just stop yourself and say, what's working? And if something really adverse is kicking up, say, what am I learning from this moment? Why is this, why is this tornado or this, you know, dandelion, whatever you want to give the power to the thing or the circumstances happening? Why is that showing up right now? And where is the gift in it for me? Yeah. What am I learning? What am I teaching? And that, and then it becomes personal and then it's relatable. And then the fear is dispelled. So that's what I mean by that conversation between that finite self and the infinite self. We need the finite response because that's the part of us that's a little bit more in darkness and needs the transformation. And that's why we're in a physical body is to have that experience of transformation, which is change. So we're back to the beginning of the conversation about we have to be changing all the time. We just do. Yeah. But I really like what you're saying too, of kind of like, do a little personal inventory. What's the plan that you thought you had for your life, right? Because the other thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed too, people will hang on to the one thing. Well, when I get married, right? Like I can think of um, another person that she is just dying to get married to this man. (laughs) And like, they have two totally different views of marriage and he could like do without it. And like, this is her one thing. And it's been like, and every year, like I think she's on the fifth year of this relationship. And it's just, I can see her being so over-focused on getting the ring, getting engaged, and then the wedding. And I can tell you, I can almost feel it and guarantee that that will happen, but the happiness is not going to come. It's almost as if there's so much emphasis on when I get married or when I have my wedding. And this is just an example, right? Of getting that one thing that you think that then everything is going to be all right in the world. And many times I think we can latch on to these events or that job or being successful or having the money. And then it comes, but then we're right where we were still where we were before we even had it. And so I think that's kind of what I hear you saying too. It's like accepting what is and what your life is right now. And could you let go of the plan? Could we challenge everyone listening today to just say, what has your plan been for your life? And can you let go of it today? And then what does that look like? Then how do you live? I feel like you live totally different. Well, there's a great parallel story to this about Cher. Um, Cher, who has been really successful, and I think a lot of people don't always look at the trajectory of how long that woman has been in show business. I mean, she started, I think, in the 1960s, and then she's still credible and working and, you know, good God bless her for all of it, you know, but she had as such a specific part of her mythology that she was going to win an Oscar. That was a huge goal for her. So very quickly, she got moonstruck and won an Oscar. So that box got checked and she went dark as many actors do when they win Oscars, but she went dark. She had no mythology past that point. Mm-hmm. So with the friend that you're talking about with, with the marriage, we, we will assume that there's this trajectory that then has, or this destination that has a specific resolution and it has, you know, rainbows and unicorns and all sorts of things are going to transpire. When I'm at that point, then I will be, And there's a difference between destination and destiny. Destiny is an ongoing force of energy that drives your soul forward to 
extraordinary transformation. A destination is a single point that lands you in a place or in a space, and it's a comma in a sentence. Maybe it's a full stop, but there's something after it. So I think to understand, and it's why studying shamanism was such a gift for me, was it really helped me understand how they work with energy, the energy of future. And then when I do mediumship sittings, I'm fascinating. There was um, a very dear friend of mine. We had a, we did a reading recently, um, which is always a challenge for a medium because you have to forget like everything about them and let the spirit world work through. But what's what was interesting in the session is her brother is in spirit and then she's a living brother. Her mother and father uh, are living and um, her brother in spirit, who was acknowledging that this gal's father was very, very ill. And this does not happen in my sessions very much. Her brother said, dad's going to get sick. When dad gets sick, because he was already dealing with a physical condition, dad's illness is going to go really fast. So when he starts to get sick, be prepared. Well, sure enough. Now, some people could, could think that that inspires fear. Spirit world will never say anything that's going to make you afraid. That was absolutely preparation and unbelievably true because they were in Vegas. While they were in Vegas, her father fell and a week later he died. It was that fast. I mean, she kept calling me going, oh my God, I can't believe how quickly this is happening. But because we had talked about it, her mom and her living brother were aware of the fact that that potential was there so they could prepare for that destiny. They could prepare for that moment. You can't change it, but it's a different level of preparation. So I think we always will be, I've kind of opened up another window here, but if we're paying attention to the infinite self, you will get signs and symbols that things are having a different level of evolution. And that's really important. And if there's ever been like a dangling carrot about meditation, that's it. Because you'll get the information before the event. So let me, let me, I'm going to ask a very bold question back. We're going to, we're going to switch mics for a moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, my love, have dealt with extraordinary change and sudden extraordinary change. Yep. On a soul level, did you have any signs or symbols, anything transpiring to alert you to the fact that something was going to happen with your mom? Absolutely. Yes. I have had. you talked about that with people? Um, I've mentioned not. And if, and if I'm stepping into something that you're uncomfortable with, but I mean, no, no, no. We're a no, walking example of yeah. change. And, and, and the reason why I mention it is because people fear change because they think that they're doing it by themselves. That infinite self will always give you the heads up. You're always going to get the heads up. It, it's not going to change the event like that brother saying to them, dad's going to die quickly, but it prepares you for something. And even in a moment that you can't prepare yourself for, for there's a little bit of a heads up helps, you know? Yes. So yeah. And so, yeah. So, and that did happen the year leading up to my mom's passing. And uh, do you remember, cause you were at the afterlife conference with Robin Lansong. 
Yes. I remember Robin Land's song. I don't know. I don't think she was a presenter at the time, but we had met her and had like the side conversation and, uh, you know, like she'll sing people's souls back to her. She has like a phenomenal story. We had her on the podcast and she was talking about her near death experience. So she sang for me and I knew the year like prior to my mom, I just had this internal feeling. I was having some really strange dreams with uh, lions, with the the lioness and her cub. And I had a couple of shamans um, kind of help me translate that a little bit. There was another woman, Lucinda, that I had on the podcast and it was right before I interviewed her. And I was like, and she, you know, she was talking me through it. I'm like, yeah, I, I think there, I understand the meaning of it because there's some stuff going on with my mom right now. And I'm kind of concerned and worried about her. And Robin Lansong sang for me, but she said, I'm feeling the energy of another woman that you're really attached to and you're very worried about her and she needs protection. Can I sing for her? And she sang the song of protection for my mom. And that was in July. My mom passed in October. And I was like, this was before we were doing video podcasts. Thank God. I was bawling my eyes out. I was crying because like, I just knew, you know, that something was going on and my mom at the time was in this really horrible, abusive domestic violence relationship on top of everything that she was dealing with. And uh, he ended up like breaking her wrist. And I got this phone call, like a couple of, I don't know, maybe a month or so after Robin was singing this song. And, you know, and I just knew that something was going to happen. I didn't know what, but I did have a premonition dream of a state trooper coming to my apartment to notify me of my mom's death. And um, so when the trooper came to my apartment, uh, it was five o'clock in the morning, he opened the door and he said, are you April Hannah? And I said, yes, I am. I said, is this about my mom? And he said, yes, it is. She's been in an accident. And I said, is she dead? Or I said, I don't know if I said, is she dead? Or I said, she's dead, isn't she? And he looked at me and he goes, how do you know this? And I was like, how much time you got? Come on in you know? <laughs> so, and, you know, and he walked in, but it was just like, you know, I knew instinctively, you know, and I didn't even know that she had died, you know, like it could have just have been an accident and I was being notified. But as soon as I saw the trooper and as soon as I opened up the door, I said, is this about my mom? Is she dead? Yes. How did you know that? And I'm like, I just, I knew I was going to get that. So you're absolutely right. Not only, did other people that I was working with kind of feed me information from spirit about her needing protection. And I ended up using Robin's song that she sang for my mom at my mom's funeral. I played it. I played it to set her soul free, you know, and our last afterlife conference, I don't, you probably don't remember this because you were leading it, but it was when we did the fire ceremony in Utah and my dad came right to help out um, with the conference. And it was our closing ceremony and I just, I fell to my knees, sobbing. I'm like trying to work the camera and I was sobbing. And I just knew that I was grieving my mom, even though she was still alive. Like there was something really strange that happened. And I remember thinking, eh, how is this stupid fire ceremony going to work with these shamans? We're in a hotel, like there's no real fire. And like something happened that with you and Linda doing this. And I couldn't even believe that you guys could recreate a fire ceremony with no fire and to allow people to like bring to the fire. It was crazy. So 
I had a lot, and those are just like three, three or four examples that I can give you, but I absolutely know I had an internal knowing. I knew it was going to be within the year. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Wouldn't have expected it was going to happen the way that it did. But when I got the news, it was shocking, but not shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I am so glad you shared that. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad you shared that on so many different levels, because I think you know, extraordinary change. And we're still talking about change, which is awesome. Extraordinary change. And you, you know, I am sending you so much love about this chef with your mom. Yeah. Cause you're, you are an amazing woman and you mothered your mom and you got her through life to the degree that you could. You did a brilliant job as a daughter. Thank you. You really did. And it's different to change when your mom is no longer on the planet. You know, it's a change when people die. It's a change when, you know, in my circumstance, I equally felt a change prior to 2020. And I started feeling like my roots were pulling up. I just didn't feel as connected to the home I was living in. I didn't feel connected to my husband. I didn't feel connected to so many different things. I knew my mom was dying. So my mom died. Then a month later, my husband and I decided to get divorced. Then a couple of months later, I had to let go of my family home and the connection to San Francisco. And I have no reason to be in San Francisco except for for clients anymore, which is bizarre because that's been my default place. I let go of the house that I'd been married, you know, that Justin and I had together that we lived in for 17 years got a health, got a health issue. I had to deal with a little bit of cancer on my nose, which was fabulous. And I had to wear, you know, bandages and look like a war victim, which was awesome. Um, and then, um, you know, it's, and then move and then move to a place. I don't know anybody and watch shifts and changes in everybody else's lives. And, but I will say having the courage to change everything, and it, I think what it was for me was it was a force greater than myself. And I, it started to feel like it was separate from me. But then I realized it was me kind of calling myself to myself, saying, this is version 4.0 and you're at like 3.2 and you keep hanging on. Take your hands off and go to the next, you know, up system upgrade and just get over the fact that, you know, it's not going to work the same and you've got some learning tools. You know, you have to make that shift. And I feel so free. I, my husband and I are phenomenal friends. He's actually here with me this weekend, helping me out with stuff. Um, we love each other. We just put it in a context so our love could continue evolving because a part of it had stopped. So I think when you're looking at change, the thing to really take into consideration is when you have a part of your life that has stopped, when you have a part of your life that doesn't, isn't alive, And it starts feeling like you've got this red wagon with 800 pounds in it. You've got to carry it everywhere you go. Something has to change. You're being invited to the next evolution of yourself. So if it's going to be the best party ever, which I promise it will be, it's certainly going to be much more interesting than the moment you're in right now. 
you need to say yes to the invitation because it's it it's going to better everyone around you because if you don't change you're disallowing the people around you to stop evolving mm-hmm. or you're making the people around you stop evolving and that's not what it's about it's not what it's about and is it scary absolutely but it's actually really crazy oddly cool too and it's uncomfortable and then it's kind of like at the same time so there's there's so many different energies that come with it but where do i feel right now i feel awake i'm in my life right now like i'm kicking on all cylinders i actually want to really enjoy having a social life and a balanced external life i'm excited about that i'm excited about what's new but do i want to return to a normal hell no i don't want to go back to something that i thought i understood before i don't want to put a um it's it's like it's like on zoom when you can change your background and here i am in this room but i want to pretend like i'm someplace else that's fun for a moment but i don't want to keep putting the background of where i am and pretending i'm green screening myself into another moment of my life i want to be in this moment this is where all the juice is this is where this is where all the invitations are that we should be saying yes and no to so extraordinary change awesome concept We just wanted to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for today's episode, Path 11 TV. Not a fan of watching videos on your computer or laptop? Neither are we. That's why we recently launched the Path 11 TV app for your smartphone and TV. Now you can watch on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Or if you prefer to wind down in your living room, you can now watch on your Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire devices. For listeners of the podcast, the easiest way to get started is by pointing your web browser to path11tv.com and starting a seven-day free trial. But be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30, again, that's PODCAST30, to take 30% off of an annual membership for maximum savings. Once your membership is started, visit your smartphone or TV's app store and download the Path 11 TV app. Once downloaded, you can then link to your newly created account and start streaming on the go or relaxing in your living room. Visit path11tv.com for all the details. Yeah, so the other thing that's really interesting, so you and I have like a similar theme, and I don't know if this happens with other people, and I'm sure that it does, but... Um, you know, I experienced the death as well, also of my mom. So I'm sorry to hear that your mom also transitioned. Um, but you know, there was a death, there was a move. I too had some health stuff pop up during the shift, um, a new location, moving my business to a place where I know no one either. It's like, and none of this logically, like some of it just logically doesn't even make sense. Like, why would you leave a certain area? But like you said, I felt this pull and it was something where I think I've done enough internal or spiritual work or have that good meditation practice where it's like, it does feel like it's something outside of myself that I can't say no to. I don't know what it is and it's still evolving. It still hasn't quite set in yet for me to be like, ah, but I know that there's like this process here, but I've also in my process, maybe to help some other people is to know that like, when you get that strong pull, I don't say no to it anymore. Even if I don't understand why it's happening. And even if it looks scary, and even if it's like, 
this does usually I feel like I know it's guided by spirit or maybe like what you say, I kind of like this concept that it's like my upgraded soul pulling me, pulling me along to know that it will eventually be okay, but I don't need to have all the answers. And I think that's what people strive for, right? It's like, I want to have this plan. I want to have the answers on how I'm going to get there. And that's where I've loosened my grip. I've been okay and have seen maybe my soul and spirit lead me to places before without me knowing what was going to happen. And it was okay. And it was fine. And I think you gain so much. I mean, I, I love all the shifts and changes because like, like I said, before we started the actual interview, you're an awesome version of yourself right now. Like you're the, probably the, the clear, you've always had clarity. You've always had beauty inside and out. Now you have this inner peace that's kind of matched with it and questions about where you're going, which is exactly where we should be. But when we try to, you know, going back to that idea of having such a strong mythology of how it's supposed to be, the destination doesn't have the answers. The destination is the invitation to find out the next questions. And from there, like coming back to my experience, so I have never never bought a house before. I only looked at this house. I looked at this house. I said, I liked it and I bought it. Like that was it. You know, I don't know why I'm where I am right now. I knew one person in this place and I bought a house. It's not like I'm renting an apartment. I bought a house. And what has happened out of it? Magic. I have a soul brother is a neighbor next door. His partner passed away um, two months before I moved in. So already we had this amazing synchronicity of you're a medium. Oh my God, my husband died. You know, there's, there's that alignment. He's introduced me to his family, his mom and I have a line. So I, I have instant family. I'm, there's just been blessing after blessing after blessing. And I think the abundance of the universe is so patient because there are gifts and treasures awaiting you the minute you put your foot out, whether you see the ground below or not. But that step of faith, that leap of faith, they call it, whether it's a leap or a pounce or a a baby step, you will be supported so profoundly. And even if health issues come up, the way I look at it, like for instance, and I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, the issue I had on my nose happened exactly at the same place my dad's issue happened. My dad had exactly the same presentation. So instead of like flipping out and going, oh my God, my destiny is my dad's destiny. I said, wait a minute, what do we have in common? Where, where's, if, if this is happening exactly the same, I'm going to go to my infinite self. I'm going to witness the event. I'm not going to respond as my finite self and go, oh my God, and henny penny around and run into walls. I'm going to shift to my infinite self and I'm going to say, okay, so wow, not expected, kind of a lot to deal with at once. Can't do much about that. Why is this showing up? What is it teaching me? And what's the gift? And it had so many opportunities, gifts, transformation invitations by looking and dealing with it differently instead of meeting it with fear. When you meet it with fear, you have no relationship with it. You're creating a quanta of energy between you and the event or the circumstance or the person by saying, I'm, you're teaching me something. I'm creating a relationship with it. 
and you're a gift, I'm coming to it with gratitude. And gratitude is the highest level of soul conversation. Because then you're coming from a really deeply spiritual concept of this is exactly what I chose. Wow. Awesome. Not what I expected. Awesome. Now what's going to happen? You know, and when you're in that zone, then you can reclaim that childlike enthusiasm and innocence, even with a crazy thing like a health concern. Because I think when the health concerns happen, your body is just releasing something that maybe is connected to that old mythology. Maybe it needs to transform because it doesn't serve you anymore. Or you need to realize that you are that new version of yourself. So you need to surmount this physical issue to get to the next level. So you actually realize that that upgrade is absolutely necessary because you don't need that software anymore. Yeah. From that perspective, it's easier to engage change. Absolutely. And I think that's the dance that is, um, can be a little challenging at times because the physical self can really pull you in to that fear. But then when you come out of it and you're having this conversation and like, what's been very helpful for me and you just mentioned it too, it's like, okay, I chose this. I signed up for this constantly asking the question, why are you here? What are you showing me? What am I not looking at? Thank you for being present loving it. And then I hop into the fear again. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you get like, you know, like the physical sensations or whatever, like, you know, you have to fig figure out what's going to happen with the nose. It's like, and then you're brought back to the physical body, but then like you keep stepping in and out of it, you know? And I think that's a dance to perfect. And that is what makes that type of change and situation to help. It just like helps you move through it with a little more grace and ease. That's the balance that I found. I don't know if we're ever supposed to be amazing dancers, but, <laughs> but if you think of all different kinds of dance styles, there are stops in dances. You look at some of the beautiful Latin dances. There are these moments of like, you know, where there's intensity, but if, if you, because the dance analogy really is lovely because there's slow motion and there's poetic motion and then there's rhythmic movement and there's tribal movement. There's, but it's movement. Mm -hmm. And dance is working with a, either a sound or some elemental issue thing to create a relationship with it. And that's the, that's the challenge with change is we don't create a relationship with it. The minute we default into our emotional base, which then connects us with the finite self, we're reacting to it instead of having a relationship with it. And it's a hard one, especially when people are dealing with a larger, you know, concern, physical concern that might have the dance of death connected to it. Because to be grateful and in relationship with a tumor or something along that line. It's a hard concept for people to take on board, but it's a part of you. So it, every single thing that's disconnected, the answer is love. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's allowing yourself to have a spiritual relationship with your life and spiritual being different than religious. It can, it brings in religiosity. It brings in, and it supports all of that, but it's the acknowledgement and which brings us full circle back to the beginning is we are physical and we're energy. And so that dance idea brings us back to that awareness of energy. And in that concept, there's always something you can do. There's always, there's always an answer, but sometimes 
the answer is really what we seem to seek, which is the destination. That's not really what we should be doing. We should be seeking the question because that then allows us to be on a journey. And that's more of what life is about is being in journey in your life, not being settled and normal and so there's hope there's hoping that 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 is one of the gifts that we embrace is is to just look at life as a journey i think it's why joseph campbell's work was so phenomenal is because he saw the hero us and a journey right and And was he the one that yeah was he the one that coins life is a journey not a destination i mean i know that there's a quote out there i don't know if that's his or not but i mean i've heard that but it's but I think what you're saying, it kind of falls in line with that. It's like, let go of the plan, let go of the destination, latch on to the journey, you yeah. know, because the destination, when you think about it, okay, so you get there. I've had so many destinations in my life and I've gotten there. And then I stood there and said, okay, now what? Like, exactly, exactly. You know? And it probably speaks April to how we look at goals and how we look at accomplishments. And we really do it as destination accomplishment instead of, evolutionary evolvement. Yeah. Repetitious, but we'll go with it. Um, But we should, you know, and it speaks to that, that story about share. It speaks to your friend, the client with the marriage situation. It speaks to so many of us in this moment right now thinking, well, what's the next destination? Well, what do I have to accomplish? Well, once my business is this, then that's going to happen. It, it, if you can take, it, it disallows the authentic journey. When you're worried about where you're going, what it's going to look like when you get there, because that focus is about what other people think, not about your own evolution. If you can disconnect, but there's a beautiful poem by Rudyard Kipling called If. Have you ever heard it? No. Okay. I'm going to just, we're going to, we're going to take a moment. We're going to jump to the internet because it's so delicious. Um, it's a bit of a poem, but it's really outstanding. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated. Don't give way to hating. And yet Don't look too good or talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things that you've given your life to broken, and stoop and pick them up with worn out tools. If you can make a heap of your winnings and risk it all on one turn of pitch and toss and lose. And start again at your beginnings, but never breathe a word of your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your term long after they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except that will which says to them, hold on. If you can walk with crowds and keep your virtue 
or talk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count on you, count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you will be a man, my son. What I love about the poem is, is it speaks to the authentic soul. It speaks to the audacity that it takes to be your own version of what a human being is. And it's not to stand out as different or compare yourself to other people. It's to give yourself permission to let your life unfold like a dance. And as partners change and as the music shifts, to just let yourself free fall into the moment and the music and see what it feels like to put on different shoes, to move to different music, and to not worry so much about what it looks like or where you're going, but to just relax into the dance, the partner, the moment that you're dancing alone and see where it's taking you. Those are the people that we admire. Those are the Martin Luther Kings. Those are the Betsy Rosses. Those are the Mahatma Gandhis. Those are the, God, you know, all the people in the world that we have these amazing, Ruth Ginsburg. Those are the people whose stories stand out because they didn't try to do it for anything other than why they think they're here. So beautiful. So I love all your changes. I love all the things that you're doing. I love the podcast. I love the permission you're giving yourself to have meaningful conversations and discover and learn. And it's driven by your curiosity. So you're not doing this for, you know, you might be doing it for certain means, but you're doing it because you want to have credible understandings. And what an awesome forum to talk to really cool people about very interesting things. So hooray to you and hooray to all the people that have the courage to just dream out loud. And in a dream, we never know where we're going. So it's a good analogy. Exactly. (laughs) Dance the dream. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing that poem too, uh, if it's called, right? And what was the author's name again? Rudyard Kipling. I think it was written in 18, hang on, I can even get that back. I think it was, he read it or he wrote it in, it should have the, I don't know when it was written. I could probably find out one second. Even if it was the 1800s, how crazy is that? that the relevance of it still holds for today. Oh, if it's not it, more. It, uh, he, um, I believe it was 1910. 1910, wow. You know, wow. the best, but, but what he was doing was he was writing about the moment. He was writing something about his wisdom of what he'd learned and he wanted to offer it to his son. So wisdom is timeless. That's the, that's the language of the soul. 
that's when you've had an experience and you learn something from it. So when the next time something shows up, you're like, hmm, I've seen this before. Okay, what did I learn the last time? So that's accessing that file and using it to inform you, but it doesn't disassociate from the moment. It just says, okay, I think I've done this before, but let me experience this moment and see if I'm different. Let me see if I've grown. But it's a beautiful poem. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you, Austin. And always, as always, thank you so much for your deep share, for your vulnerability. It has taught me to be more vulnerable and to share deeper, you know, with my audience. Uh, you've been such a great mentor and and role model for me. Um, you know, I'm just always so, so blessed and thankful to always be in your presence. I always learn something and probably why I keep bringing you back. You know, you, you've, you've gotten the gold uh, medal for <laughs> my favorite guest. <laughs> Um, so, and you're going to keep coming back because I'm going to keep asking you. So we'll just, uh, we'll just make you our number one, uh, guest on the path of podcast. Um, but I would love, love people to know where they can reach out to you, work with you. Cause I know, like you had said, things had really changed for yourself and you changed your business too. And you now have like a subscription that people can sign up for. So please tell people about that. Yeah. And well, and I'm, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I'm completely in evolutionary mode right now with my business. So <clears throat> I'm developed a, a membership uh, that started last fall. And so that's ongoing. It's one way of working with me, which I really enjoy. And I work, we do meditations together, depending on which path you choose. There's different ways you can explore your soul. Then I'm uh, probably in the fall going to be launching a soul conversations like mastermind where it's a monthly topic and seasonal. Each season is going to be a different deep dive into the soul, body, mind, spirit, emotions with guests coming in and working consciously to really make changes, but together as a group, because I've realized transformation as a community is really powerful. I work with people individually. I do mediumship sittings. I do soul gardening, which is just me working with my shamanic tools and all my other tools that have grief counselor, energy medicine, all that stuff with people. My website is Austin Wells, A-U-S-T-Y-N-W-E-L-L-S.com. And that's going to transform all this summer, you know, this summer, but that's, it should be changing. So stay with it because it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So join Austin on her journey and watch her change. So you can feel a little less afraid to change yourself. Um, And again, yeah, Austin is going to offer that spirit circle at the afterlife awareness conference this year. Again, that's June 24th through the 27th. Her spirit circle is on June 24th. You can purchase a separate ticket for that at afterlifeconference.com. But if you would like to attend the conference itself, use path 40 to get $40 off your general admission ticket. And, um, and yeah, and check out the other episodes that I have done with Austin episode 147, 196, 249. And, um, as, as always would love to have you back. And I cannot just, uh, you know, tell my audience and just, I mean, it's just kind of like, I can't speak any highly than I can. I mean, I've, I had the mediumship session with you and I feel like we should have like a totally different podcast about that because it is unlike any other mediumship session that I've had. And I had about three or four others in the year and a half and everyone has a different style and I appreciate all the different styles and everything was very helpful in all of them. But 
and, and I'm not just saying this because I love you, but yours is at another level. And, and the level that it's at, like I would, I, I was been saying to myself, I have to write her a testimonial, not like you need another, but, um, but I would love to send one because I have to put my thoughts together on it, but that you are next level with your connection in the spirit world, because it was like, Austin moved out of the way and I was having a conversation with my mom. It wasn't this evidential mediumship stuff of like that I've gotten from other mediums. Like, you know, they would pick up on things or knew some things that nobody else would have. And you did that too in some areas, but there was something really organic that shifted during the session that you and I had. And it was as if you embodied her personality, the way that she talked, her sense of humor. Um, And it really felt like I spent an hour finally getting to have a conversation with my mom and it was a different level of healing, you know? So I think that all mediums are different and they have their own style, but that, and I don't know, I'm, I don't know if all of your clients say that, but that was my experience with you was that it was a really next level mediumship reading. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I walked away like, yeah, well, she validated things. And, you know, I kind of knew all that stuff and it was nice to hear from my mom. It was like, no, Like I just hung out with my mom for an hour and we had a really deep conversation and a talk about stuff. So it was so different. I appreciate you mentioning that because um, here we go back with the blueprint of what a mediumship sitting should look like. Um, I have let the spirit world work with my mediumship and I don't work in the same way. And I get... I've gotten comments about that because people expect it to be a certain thing. So where, what I have found transpires is, and this goes back to soul conversations. um, There are people who need the evidence, the finite self needs the evidence that 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 person was with me, that they're still around me and that they, I know they've died, but that I can still connect with them. And the evidence of a mediumship sitting always needs to be there because otherwise you, I suppose you could make it up or which is dreadful to think about, but you could. Where I have found the evolution is that we get, we just have so much stuff that gets left and the spirit world being connected to the infinite self, being connected to the fact that they know we're here to evolve. There's an aspect of their soul that becomes very, very much of a witness to their actions in their lifetime and aware of what needs to shift and change. So your soul can have the freedom to move forward. And that's, that's what shifted in my work. And I've really had to sit with myself with it because it is different on some sessions are, are more evidential than others, but that shift has really transpired. And I've, I've just trusted the process and it does feel like it's an evolutionary possibility for someone, but it's not what everybody is looking for. Um, But I think it should be part of the conversation because why else would they be coming forward unless to be of service to us in some sort, unless to lighten our load and make things better. But 
like, like, you know, we've, we've been talking about change. I've had to let it change because trying to go back to what I was and, and only doing evidential mediumship, I can't get back there. I'm not supposed to be there. So it's part of where I'm changing is, is trying to think about like, how do I help people understand that's how I work? Because I don't want them to sign up for something thinking it's something when it really kind of goes in a different direction. But yeah, it, I thank well, you so much for saying that. You know, yeah, because the other thing that I'll say <laughs> clearly, like we can't stop talking. I would try to end this like a couple of times. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm here. Well, I'll, I'll try to wrap up. This is, but I just can't stop talking to you. Okay, so just one other thing too that I'll say. Here's another. Here's another thing. Um, evidential mediums this is my personal experience, are helpful, but sometimes it feels like, well, let me go and talk to another medium and see what they say. When I had my session with you, there was something that healed and there was a conversation that was completed. And in the session with you, it kind of felt like, I don't think I really need to go and see another medium again because it was, I don't know. I think it's because you work at such a deep level, but it was such a deep experience that sometimes I feel like, um, before that I hadn't gotten that with other people. So it was like, okay, well then that's, this is where I think sometimes people who are grieving can then go on to this medium search. Well, let me talk to another medium. Let me get another session. This person didn't say anything. Maybe the next medium will, you know, get this piece and that's what I need to hear. But when I actually sat during our session and was really having this conversation. Like it was like you and me and my mom were having this conversation together. It was, it was beyond anything that I had ever experienced, ever anticipated. And it was more healing than three other sessions combined together. So maybe if people are looking for that, looking more yeah. for like the deep conversation or some of the stuff that was left behind, like you said, like my mom and I needed to tie up some loose ends and I was able to do that with you. And it wasn't about, oh yeah, your mom really liked this song or like this or like that. Like, you know, I mean, you did hit and there was some evidential stuff and that was fun and that stuff makes me laugh and it brings me comfort but it's like that's surface level a little bit it's like okay but then when we really got into it it was like that's where the healing happened so I would say if people are looking for that deeper experience and really need that conversation or tying up some of those loose ends um I you know Austin Wells is my number one referral I refer all my clients to you and I'm like look if you're going to spend any money or you're going to go and talk to anyone this is where you need to go because you're in good hands with Austin. So sorry, my dog, my dog agrees. No, yay, dog. Um, but also, you know, don't, don't forget that the reason that the healing can happen. And again, the medium doesn't heal. The medium allows the opportunity for a transformation to happen. The person that does the healing is you. So because of your spiritual evolution, your mom was able to have that conversation with you. Because you were open to a different loop, you know, you were you were open to a different mythology happening. You weren't. My mom was this, and the and the so the what happens in transformational mediumship sittings, I suppose, is one way of looking at it. Is you're given an evolutionary piece. You're given 
not the destination you keep going to when you think, oh, my mom, well, you know, I'm here I am in Flint, Michigan, and this is the only place I know my mom. And, you know, this is that, you know, we're, we're unhappy with each other and we're this and we're this, and you never get out of Flint, Michigan. I don't know why I'm picking Flint, Michigan. I have no connection to it whatsoever. But when that conversation happens, you have to then carry that person in your heart differently. You can't, if they've, if they've stepped forward and they've said, I was not your mom, you are my mom. I am not a nurturing person. I was a narcissistic, selfish person. And I need you to understand that I'm aware of that now. And you were my gift. And I couldn't say that out loud. You can't go forward in your life going, my mom was such a narcissist. That's not fair. She's given you the opportunity to shift, to change, to heal. And you have to be different now, which is awesome because who wants to carry the backpack of dysfunction around everywhere you go, being victimized by the circumstances that happened when you were a child? We all do it. And it's so boring. Oh, my God. Right. When we moan on and on about, oh, my God. And I did it for years. The reason why this is important to me is I was such a Oh, Lord, I was boring. I kept talking about the same things over and over again. I mean, I would watch people I was sitting with just, you know, and it's just like, thank God I got over myself. Honestly, thank God I got over like the pain and the agony. Right. And so I can be in a place where I can feel happiness and joy because like I got over it and I catch myself when I still kind of go back to things because you have to ask yourself, you know, why do I need that attention for something that didn't work out because I, I, but again, it goes back to exactly the conversation we've been talking about all day today. Right. Not all day during our time, which is, (laughs) but it feels like a good day, right? Is, you know, we have to be willing to change the mythology. If we just stay in the same story and our leading lady or leading man is, keeps having the same Groundhog's Day over and over again, you know, we've seen the movie with Bill Murray. We know what that's about. But the, even the, even that movie got to a point where you're like, oh, my God, the same day again. But that's what we do to ourselves. That, you know, that's one choice. But the benefit of mediumship, I think, is they give you the keys to the kingdom, to the doors that are locked and say, look, the, do- the doors open, the windows open. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to stay in the room? Or are you going to just like get out of this place and move on to the next moment of your life? So you always have a choice, but we're not supposed to be stuck. It's an impossibility. You're never stuck. You just think you are. Stuck is when you're, you've got two time zones competing with each other and it's not even this moment, you know, you're in, you're, you've got two different things going on. So change is good. It's powerful. It's awesome. So go change. Yay. (laughs) Thank you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation, hopefully maybe next year, once you have these grand changes, I know, like you said, anticipate some changes with your website and stuff like that. Let's have you back on in the fall so we can let people know, you know, what direction you're going in. And again, austinwells.com, please visit, book a session. You will not regret it. So take care, everyone. Take care, Austin. It was lovely uh, speaking with you again. And I will talk to everybody next time. Take care, everyone.
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's podcast. And I'd like to give you a couple of coupon codes before you go. I would first love for you to go to path11tv.com and I'd like you to sign up for your free seven day trial. If you like what we have on there, which I know you will, I would like you to go ahead on checkout and put in the code podcast 30. That's going to give you 30% off of the annual subscription. And uh, the Afterlife Awareness Conference is also giving Path 11 podcast listeners $40 off the general admission ticket for the virtual conference this year. You can go to afterlifeconference.com. You can purchase your general admission ticket through Eventbrite and put the code. There's a place in the top left corner. You go ahead and click that coupon code and put in PATH40. Again, that's PATH40, and that's going to give you $40 off of the general admission ticket. So with the Afterlife Awareness Conference, they are also giving you six months of free replays. So if you cannot make the conference on June 24th through the 27th, that's not a problem. We will give you six months to rewatch that conference at your leisure. So again, two coupon codes, path11tv.com. Get 30% off by using podcast 30 and afterlifeawarenessconference.com. Go ahead and use path 40 to get $40 off your general admission ticket. Thanks everyone. Talk to you soon. 